to Bunta Vista, episode 148. I am Ben, and I am here in the Squid Universe. Uh, everything is exactly the same as in the regular universe, uh, except for how everyone is a squid. <laughs> Over there, doing uh, all the regular things that Theo would do, is Theo. Hey. He's a squid. <laughs> yep. Hello, squid Theo. Hey, man. I'm just going about my day, and I was just recently thinking how normal it is for us to have either eight or ten limbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love to have uh, eight eight arms and eight two arms. feeding tentacles. Yes, that's yeah. right. And honestly, <laughs> it's hard to imagine a life without two feeding tentacles. <laughs> How else are you going to get that food in your mouth? That's so true. You know, every time I'll just look at an octopus and I'll just think, oh. Oof. Yeah, he's Yikes. having a bad time. Mm. Yeah. I'd do anything to give that guy two feeding tentacles. <laughs> yep. Like, I mean, look, he can get his way out of a uh, out of a tank that we've put him in. Um, <laughs> in this hierarchy, it goes squid and then octopus. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. But really hard to see him going to town on a lobster. Yep, that's you wouldn't expect them to uh, use. Actually, no, I have seen octopuses smashing apart sort of. Um, Oysters before, which is terrifying. Yeah. But no, they, again, they they're are, not as they are beastly creatures to us. Awful squids. You know, so close to being on the same level so, as but so just close. not. Yeah. Uh also here with us, possessing all of the traits of regular Lucy from regular life, but also a squid. It's Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Hi. Uh just enjoying this elongated body and <laughs> giant eyes. It's going well. <laughs> Yeah, having giant eyes whips. Huge <laughs> fan. So good. so good. Especially when they're like slightly on the side of my head. I feel like I'm getting <laughs> a real good view of everything around me. You know what rules? Uh, having chromatophores. You know? <laughs> Every now and then you look at the color of your skin and you think, oh, I wish this was some sort of a stripey situation. If I were to describe the two things I enjoy the most, it'd be one, probably reading the books of Cormac McCarthy, and two, <laughs> um, sailing the unknown depths of the ocean, uh, unreachable by both uh, animal or light, and just really going about my business down there. Mm, those are certainly the traits of a Theo and the traits of a squid, <laughs> combined into a single seamless character. How do we usually transition into segments? What do we do here? Um, well, Again... I think- I think normally there's sort of a um, kind of a logical through line. So maybe the the scenario could be constructed compatible with um, the first article in the Google in Google Docs, and that kind of gives you a, a nice yes. little runway oh. uh, on oh. to which uh, you can land a segue. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of... This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Um, but in this okay. case, we haven't done that, so... Okay, well, maybe... Let me... Here we go. Um, speaking of gliding along until you encounter something that really wishes you didn't encounter it, uh, we've got a story here from the Associated Press. Uh, again, going to give the same preamble we gave to the one about the lady being eaten in the last episode. If anyone laughs, it's not because we think it's funny. It's uh, just, we can't help that. Can't help yeah. that reaction. If you if you don't laugh, then what else will you do? Um, How do squids emote? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't laugh, then you will signal with your chromatophores, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just imagining Italian squids now. <laughs> Doing five times the amount of gesticulation. <laughs> Oh, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Mm. 
Uh, actually, I so I took acid this week for the first time <laughs> oh. in a very long time. Uh, but I I watched this is maybe the best two decisions I've ever made in my life. Uh, were to watch two episodes of Blue Planet right when I was sort of coming up. Oh, that uh, is good. Watched mm-hmm. the episode about the deep. Great it's call. A good one. It's a great one. Uh, watched the episode about coral reefs. Also a great one. Uh, and it fucked me up. Uh, seeing squids mainly, just being like absolutely fucking tripping balls on acid and watching squids just go about their business. Uh, that was kind of mind destroying a little bit. I don't know how we squid centric thoughts. Yes. How do we feel safe being on the same planet as them? They seem very sinister. Well, everything down there is. I don't trust anything down there. No, it's it's awful down there. And I think what we one of the most important things that we did was crawl out of the ocean, (laughs) have all of our little flaps and stuff fall off, grow legs, and go about our business on what we consider, I guess, normal land. Mm -hmm. And the less (laughs) we know about it, the better. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to learn things about what's going on down there. No, it's chaos. I feel like, Lucy, you've maybe made one terrible decision in your life if you don't want to know about sea creatures. I don't listen to anything my husband says. <laughs> don't want to hear about it. It's because, you know, it's all pro-sea creature fake. propaganda. Exactly. Oh, he's a fish lover, is he? Mm, disgusting oh. stuff. <laughs> Definitely just sounds like it's some sort of slurp. Like, just digging into some... That guy's a real fish racism. lover. racism. <laughs> Oh, all right, here we go. This is from the Associated Anyways, Press. Let's take it to the skies. Uh, well, let's. Well, we'll see. Uh, jetliner hits and kills man on Texas airport runway. A man was struck and killed by a commercial jet landing on a runway at an Austin, Texas airport. Authority said the pilot of Southwest Airlines Flight One Three Nine Two, a Boeing Seven Three Seven, arrived from Dallas, reported seeing a person on runway Seventeen R at Austin Bergstrom International Airport shortly after the jet touched down at eight twelve p.m. Thursday according to a statement from the Federal Aviation Administration. The FAA said the driver of an airport operations vehicle later found the body on the runway. I know I may not have the best perspective on a lot of things, but to me, being hit by a 737 would really ruin my day. You wouldn't expect it. Wouldn't like it. Like, I'd put a positive spin on being hit by a 737. I feel like it would be... like. You probably wouldn't know about it if you were hit by a 737, you know? I, don't, I think you're getting taken out in sort of one fell really? swoop. I think you might have a good 10 minutes or so to avoid the scenario. Myself. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I, I, can, I can hear what Ben's saying in that after, after the fact you, you wouldn't know about it. But it's also got to be one of the things that you might expect could happen. Being as you were standing on an international airport runway. Mm, not an Certainly. airport employee, by the way. No, yeah, so they, he wasn't, they've not said who he was or what he was doing there, but he was not authorised to be at the runway. I read that they apparently think that he jumped over the perimeter, essentially. And just sort of ran in there. Sounds like he did this deliberately, which is very troubling. What if this guy was Kyle Reese, but this was the part where he teleported in from the future? God, And you think he maybe, he popped right into the middle of a... A runway and then just, just tried right to hit by seven three seven. That's definitely a good theory. Wrong to place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason that you specifically that that's what sprung to mind for you. Oh well, we just watched Terminator like mm. two nights ago. It's a good one. But I also do think that's the most likely. <laughs> I'm sure. 
Uh, this is some more detail from a website called Two Fab, uh, which seems like not <laughs> the right masthead to Two Fab to be doing this sort of reporting. <laughs> but you know, uh, the carrier said that the pilot spotted the person and attempted to maneuver around him, but was unable to avoid hitting him. Too fab. <laughs> Too fab. Uh, pictures of the aircraft obtained by CBS show a massive dent in one oh. of the aircraft's engines. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Southwest aircraft maneuvered to avoid an individual who became visible on runway uh, on runway 17 hours shortly after touchdown. The aircraft quickly came to a safe stop and the pilots reported the event to local air traffic controllers, the company said in a statement. Recordings of radio chatter between the cockpit and tower reveal the moment the pilot spotted the male seconds before his death. I believe there might be a person on the runway, the pilot says. Where exactly did you see the man, the air traffic controller asked, to which the pilot then replies, they are behind us now. Oh, oh, oh no. <sighs> this is fucked. very bad for the pilot. Yeah, I'd say so. It sounds you like can't... this man has just sacrificed himself to the god of the Boeing 737. <sighs> And, like, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like this is, you know, in movies where uh, people are running away from something that's moving sort of towards them, but if they just ran sideways, mm. they'd be just fine. Yeah. It feels like a plane coming into land is a real running real sideways, run sideways situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, are we, is this a is this a 737-800 max, do you know? Or was I... this man hit because the engines were, like, scraping along the ground barely <laughs> <laughs> Barely unable to uh, fit under the wingspan. Uh, look, I don't have details on the exact I model. I believe of... it was not. I believe it was mm. a standard 737. Unfortunately. I did. When I was looking for more stuff about this, and I was just searching for Boeing 737, like all the other stories that popped up were about Boeing getting sued because of their pocket max uh, for all of those problems that they had. But yeah. this is. And remind me, else. we're an anti 737 podcast. Lucy? <laughs> um, just strongly, we're anti-Boeing. We can, we can say that. Pro, mm. pro, pro Airbus. Airbus? Mm. Ah. Don't come at me with any reasons for me to change my mind. <laughs> you don't one. want Airbus to be milkshake ducked for you. Exactly. No. <laughs> I find out they've cut the uh, baguette allowance to their employees. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, why do we hate Boeing? Just out of curiosity. I, I, mean, I think probably decades of naked profiteering, yeah, mm-hmm. and Generally. and also like all of the um, hellfire missiles they've sent into like brown people. Mm-hmm. Also, just the inferior planes, uh, most importantly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's less aesthetically pleasing yeah. planes. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see the thing from? It turned out I don't know if it turned out to be a hoax or not, but like the uh, a bunch of people got laid off from Heathrow. And then someone was like, oh, someone activated the fire suppression systems in the the hangar as they were walking out. It was that video that made it look like the plane had diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, the, pl- oh, the plane yes. absolutely had due to us. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but some of these older planes, it will happen to them. <laughs> um, yeah, I looked into that and uh, Reuters, I think, did like a fact check on it being like, no, you can't actually set those off by hand. But I, I still want to believe that it's, Someone who worked there for long enough that uh, knew how to fuck with it, getting fired and just going, ha-ha, fuck you, here's a couple of thousand litres of fire suppressant foam. I have to believe that people have the ability to flick the doo-doo switch. (laughs) (laughs) 
or else, I mean, what is there? Hey, uh, speaking of guessing at people's intentions, uh, it's time for a little segment of Nature Corner. Country roads, take me home to the place I belong. It's an article from ABC Science from 2005. Uh, so this is not news by any stretch of the imagination. I just found it because I was tried to... Someone I know on Twitter posted a picture of a monkey in front of a TV that was clearly from a scientific journal, and I was like, I've got to find out what that study is. <laughs> what uh, showing this monkey? And <laughs> this, this is not what that study was, uh, but it might be better. So, ABC Science, 2005. That monkey can read your mind. <laughs> Excuse me? You heard him. Uh, I don't like monkeys... where this is going. <laughs> You're going to like this a lot less, I promise you. <laughs> uh, monkeys can deduce what other monkeys and humans think, want, and see based on visual cues, according to a new paper. This, <laughs> The study in this week's issue of the journal Current Biology is the first to show that monkeys, like humans, not only react to visual information... They can also use it to reason about the behavior of I, others. Okay, so immediately I'm very... I don't know if I believe this because the one interaction that I know between monkeys and humans is that monkeys love nothing more than tearing hmm. faces yep. off of humans. Mm. That's It's the sick thrill. It's the <laughs> only thing they can enjoy. And now I'm expected to... Uh, believe another layer is occurring here where the monkey is thinking, you know what this person would really like right now? <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, as you'll see once I get into this, it's more sinister than that. What okay. the monkey is determining is <laughs> oh. when is the perfect time to rip your face off. <laughs> uh, the findings suggest that certain human cognition skills are not as rare as once thought. They also indicate that the ability to reason did not evolve in humans. Instead, the brainy trait probably passed down to us from our ape ancestors. U.S. researchers studied a population of free-range rhesus monkeys that live on the island of Cayo Santiago in Puerto Rico. Despite their apprehension at getting close to humans, the monkeys sometimes try to swipe food from visitors to the island when the visitors are not paying attention. This inspired Jonathan Flombaum, Mm -hmm. a graduate student in the psychology department at Yale University, and colleague assistant professor Laurie Santos to test the monkeys on their ability to assess the visual perspectives of others. Flambeau and Santos devised six experiments, <laughs> all involved a human holding a grape next to a curious monkey. I'm, I really enjoy the concept that they're able to pull six experiments from that deep well. <laughs> it's just like every single time they get up in front of a whiteboard, one of them's like, you know what? I'm thinking a monkey. And you know what I'm thinking? A human holding a grape. <laughs> Flombaum begins to draw like an oval, four legs coming out of a little monkey face. And then, of course, the grape and the human. <laughs> um, for the first experiment, the human grape holder stood either facing the monkey or turned away from it. In experiments two to five, the humans varied their positions relative to the monkeys and altered the monkey's view with platforms and barriers. For the final experiment, the human held up a small rectangular cutout that blocked either the human's eyes or his mouth. The experiments revealed that the monkeys would snatch grapes whenever the human could not see the monkey or when the human was not paying attention to the fruit. Flombaum says the 
says that competition, in this case the de- desire for food, triggers a monkey's powers of deduction. What our studies certainly demonstrate is that in situations where the animal does deduce what other what the other individual sees, that the animal uses the most reliable information in this context, namely where that individual's eyes and not any other part of their head are pointing, he explains. So, effectively, monkeys have learned how to get away with literally any crime. Yes, mm. that's, that's what we're saying. Not even that they've learned to do it, that they've been able to execute the perfect crime this entire have time. We- <laughs> Have we have we actually looked into uh, the amount of unsolved crimes that could be perhaps <laughs> uh, have been committed by a f- free range rhesus monkey? A monkey pickpocket. Uh, there must be. Unfortunately, everywhere. Uh, they don't keep case statistics on whether there was oh. a nearby rhesus monkey <laughs> when the crime was committed. Well, then they're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully they learn from this. Uh, <laughs> we know that cells in the monkey's superior temporal sulcus. Encode this information. How do we know this? We just know it, okay? (laughs) So in the context that the animal does come to deduce what another individual sees, the animal's brain just needs to ask itself, what occupies the coordinates in the world where that other monkey's or that person's eyes are pointing? Do we we really need to be, like, hooking electrodes up, cutting a piece of monkey's skull out, and just, like, torturing these animals who have been shown now to be the perfect criminals? Hmm. This would definitely be the thing that starts the human monkey war for sure. Yeah, the like, grape. Just hand it over. I don't trust these <laughs> fucking monkeys. <laughs> Give it to him. It's just like, oh, the the blood test results have come back. Turns out they've got an overactive revenge gland. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. It says here they never forget. And they never forgive. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, Formbaum thinks other competitive situations could cause monkeys to make deductions about the knowledge and perspectives of others. For example, he says they might do this when trying to attract mates and when protecting offspring. If we are right that rhesus monkeys can, quote, mind read in the ways that we say they can, then our own similar abilities probably did not evolve in us, Formbaum says. Instead, we appear to have been lucky enough to inherit them from our rhesus monkey and chimpanzee relatives. Thank you, rhesus monkey and chimpanzee relatives. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. It's not really mind reading, but (laughs) go on. Uh, While Flombaum does not believe in true psychic phenomena, he thinks that humans experience intuition based on deductions. For example, when a person gets a sudden feeling that a situation should be avoided, or when a bad vibe suggests that someone is lying or staring, even when the possible victim cannot be sure. Many of these skills are derived from the interchange between visual information and the brain's ability to encode it. Uh, Dr. Brian Hare, a researcher and postdoctoral associate at the Max Planck Institute of Evolutionary Anthropology, studies chimpanzees, and he says the new monkey study presents welcome findings. <laughs> the study on rhesus monkeys shows that many people have suspected but didn't have the beautiful data to back up their theories with. Beautiful data. Uh, I hope to see more of this type of work in the future because it is fun to learn more about monkeys and chimpanzees. <laughs> That's I also true. enjoy the concept that that they've really wanted to know this up until this point. According Brian to Dr. <laughs> we need monkeys. to know. He's obsessed we, with monkeys. We need to know whether or not they are the nature's perfect criminals. But <laughs> it truly took uh, student uh, Flombaum to come up with the grape idea. Mm. We've tried. <laughs> we've tried uh, rambutans. We've tried bananas. We've tried apples. Surprisingly, uh, the only other thing that worked was wallets. <laughs> <laughs> and guns. 
holding up a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you look away from it, look back, all of a sudden it's gone. Uh, Flombaum is currently testing monkeys with an even trickier constraints than before. He has a human accidentally roll grapes down a ramp. Uh, during the experiments, the human on the ramp are blocked in various ways that sometimes suggest to monkeys that the human does not realize that the grape has rolled away. So far, Flombaum says monkeys are making the expected assumptions about what the human sees and using this clever guesswork to steal quite a few grapes. <laughs> so, I, I guess what they're implying is that if you, like, put the grape down, the monkey will leave it alone, but if you pretend to have dropped it and ignore it, it's going to go for it, because these things are little thieving bastards. Mm. They're terrible. I um, I also like the the possible theory that these monkeys didn't know until now, but we've taught them. <laughs> <laughs> Before going into these experiments, uh, they wouldn't register the difference, uh, and now they're just like, "Oh my god!" Sometimes they forget about things. Holy shit! This is the start of a the start of a certain movie starring James Franco. <laughs> Moves from grapes to uh, cage keys. <laughs> keys to trucks. Scientists discover the rhesus monkeys are able to silently steal a large <laughs> ring of keys off a comically snoring jailkeeper. <laughs> but only if no one is looking at them. Why we got to mess with monkeys? I don't know. It does seem like it's going to come back on us at some point, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, speaking them. of a group of people making someone's life a lot worse... Uh, this is a little story from a website called military.com. I believe we cited from them a couple of episodes talking about yeah. robot war dogs. Mm. Yep. All sorts of good stuff there. Uh, the headline is Australia OK's Marine Corps deployment during pandemic. Thousands of Marines will head to Australia's Northern Territory about two months later than planned, but they'll shelter in place once here to help prevent any spread of the novel coronavirus. Uh, Defence Secretary Mark Esper said Tuesday that the Aussies approved Marine Rotational Force Darwin to proceed to Australia. Australia in March barred most foreign nationals from entering the country due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the Marines Rotational Force that deploys there in the spring has been granted an exemption to the policy. Marines will spend 14 days quarantined once they arrive to help prevent any spread of the coronavirus. Oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> yep. Uh... A spokesman with Marine Corps Forces Pacific declined to say what units will be included or whether any planned exercises will be cancelled due to the pandemic. Thousands of California and Hawaii-based Marines, along with MV-22 Osprey tilt rotor aircraft, AH-17 Viper and UH-1Y Venom helicopters, mm. and RQ-21 Blackjack drones were scheduled to deploy to Darwin this spring. Why? You can tell that, obviously, there's there's a few people at the high levels here who are just... They've played bathtub admiral for for too long. They're really, they've really been looking forward to this. They've got all their toys lined up, and they got no one to play with them. Yeah, what are they going to do? Not do some not, live fire exercises? Not do this? Yep. No, we've got to keep doing it because otherwise, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, Help we people. We continue to work closely Certainly with the not. Australian Defence Force on the force composition, timing, and plan training. A statement from the command said. The Marine Corps announced in March that the annual six-month rotation will be delayed over the coronavirus crisis. More than 5,000 U.S. troops have tested positive for COVID-19. The illness caused by the coronavirus, including 434 Marines. 
The decision to proceed with the rotation was based on Australia's record in managing the impacts of the virus, as well as the service's strict adherence to a two-week quarantine when units arrive somewhere no, new. No, no, stay, keep... Just keep stay him. there. Stay there. Stay... You can find find an island. You, I know you guys have a couple of them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just go to... That, not this. This seems like... Such an unnecessary thing to decide to go ahead with. Also to be like, well, you know, they're doing quite good because of their strict procedures. Uh, we're going to send a couple of thousands of guys over there at the moment. Yeah, like a record in managing impacts. It's been like two months. That's not a record. We're still going. <laughs> what the fuck I, is this? Yeah, so it's, it's really like the... I mean, you don't need us to say it, but it's it, it is really very kind of indicative of their of the of the U.S. attitude to this mm. whole thing. To be like, well, we've spent uh, long enough pretending this is we we care about this, so yeah, uh, back to it. I'm bored now. I'm bored. I didn't of know that. we had a Marine Corps. I'm bored of doing things. Mm. You didn't know you had a Marine Corps. I didn't know. Is this an Australian Marine Corps? Oh Do no, this Marines? is U.S. Marines coming oh. over here. Oh, uh, that's even worse. Yeah, it just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Deeply confusing. Uh, actually, so that whole where the US is at right now, uh, which I'm sure is great for you, Lucy, with, you know, obviously these people are doing these protests because they're like, I want to cut my damn hair. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. Love it. I want to take now, a rocket launch at a subway. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I saw those photos this morning. There was a guy with like a big, like fucking 50 cal machine gun with him. What? Made out of wood. Oh my god! Yeah, this yep country, it's, it's got some problems. I, I, I at this point I don't know what they're cosplaying apart from huge assholes. I just yeah, it's it. it's so insane that like something like this is still a culture war issue. You know, like yes, ideally Not dying of coronavirus is mm. for the nanny state. Yeah. You know, ideally we'd all be able to say, oh, you know what? Dying of a fucking virus or giving that virus to my grandma would be shit. I'm going to stay indoors. But no. Uh, There's still a bit of it in Australia. I've definitely seen some uh, Daniel Andrews as Hitler and Chairman Mao pictures on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's definitely a bit more on the fringe, I think, in, yeah. a, in Australia. Like, even the people who I... I've got some relatives who are a, a little more on the, um, you know, uh, what's the, <laughs> is it United Australia? What's the fucking, what's the dipshits that were doing the pro- protests in Victoria um, w- two years ago or something? Anyway, the, the Nazi guys. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I try not to look at this stuff on Facebook and even they are, are like, yeah, this is fucking idiotic, right? Like we know we've been very, very lucky. We've we've done uh, all of the right things. Even even most people in Australia are kind of of the of the opinion that we've done so well until now, but it doesn't really make sense for us to begin opening up if we're just gonna dump ourselves back in. Let's just take our time, make sure we do it right, etc. Which is honestly kind of heartening. To see when you when you talk to you know people regular people from like a selection of of Australians and and they're kind of mostly speaking sense. It's mm. a it's a I feel like a rarity these mm. days, but it's it's somehow occurred and we're doing very well out of it as a as a consequence. And then yeah, there's 
these these weirdos who who think that it's political correctness gone mad not to be able to uh, cough on the um, <laughs> on the glass surface of the diner. That's um, freedom. That's freedom to do that. Like the whole thing is a PR exercise. Mm-hmm. Very strange. It's yeah. It's hard to try and get into that mindset of those people where you just like. I guess you've had such a a deep, deep distrust of the state sort of baked into your brain that, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to, like, fully appreciate that perspective of just someone believing so much that the whole world is just faking this fucking thing uh, like to start the new workers, world order. Every, they're just all fake implants posting uh, fake stuff online. Uh, crisis actors. Uh, crisis actors. Millions of them. Oh, fuck, what did I see from like... Uh, I don't know. It's one of the usual shitty American conservatives on Twitter or whatever being like, oh, well, coronavirus is bad? Then how come nurses have got time to do this? And it was like a TikTok of nurses dancing oh, at a hospital. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. Oh, um, that's, that's like a, a core tenant of the um, conspiracy is that, uh, yeah, doctors have all this time to do the TikTok floss dance or whatever. Because the hospitals are empty. There's no one in because there. Because the hospitals are empty. Have you even have you have you been to well they don't let you in, Lucy. That's the thing. Mm, they won't let you, you in. That's that's You can't go and see empty. for yourself. So yeah. that's how you know it's a cover up when they that's refuse a... to let me into an emergency ward, <laughs> even though I'm screaming about wanting to see the doctors. <laughs> so uh you might find this hard to believe, but some people are cynically using this sort of fear and distrust of the panic uh for personal gain. No, they're not. Well that's uh, certainly not, not a grift. Before. It's certainly not a grift. <laughs> Although it might maybe be a grift. Uh this is a story from Texas Monthly. Uh arrested Dallas hairdresser's GoFundMe launched before she even reopened. On Friday, Ted Cruz flew to Dallas for a haircut. Excuse me? Uh-huh. <laughs> Fascinating stuff happening in Texas. Um, he hadn't been looking particularly shaggy, but as hair salons have become the latest front in the culture war, Cruz, never one to miss an opportunity to declare which side he's on, invited f- photographers to join him before he donned a face mark and a leopard print smock for his visit to Salon a la mode. He's, he's such a psycho. I, I don't really... Flew to Dallas for a haircut. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Go get this photo up. Got to show the voters where your allegiances lie. Uh, The Dallas Salon had become pivotal in the stay-at-home order debates after its owner, Shelley Luther, was arrested on Tuesday and sentenced to seven days in jail on a contempt of court charge. That stemmed from her refusal to apologise and close down her store until the second phase of Governor Greg Abbott's public safety plan, which was scheduled to go into effect on May 18, so long as infections didn't continue to spike. Which is like eight days from now. Yes. It is not hugely far away. No, you can just sort of wait it out. Mm. Well, uh, obviously, Shelley Luther couldn't. Um, Abbott himself declared the punishment for defying his own order unjust and retroactively barred local officials from imposing jail time for violating it. He then went on to allow hair salons to reopen 10 days, o- 10 days earlier than he'd previously announced on May 8th. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, meanwhile, volunteered as tribute to serve the time himself, provided <sighs> he could do so from his own house. <laughs> uh, brackets, Texas jails and prisons hey, are pretty unsafe hey, right yeah, now. I'll, I'll go to jail for this, but not, 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 not jail. real jail. Not like at all make, jail. 
please, yeah. let me go in your stead. But also, I would like to be in my house. In uh, my house. With my Switch, please. I actually yeah, have so a So, no real change from what I was previously doing, but uh, I'd like to make a very important point doing it. I'm basically Jesus Christ himself. Uh, then Cruz flew in for a haircut, and Luther landed a big payday, raising more than 500000 US from a GoFundMe campaign that called her an American hero. Fuck off. If all of this feels like a particularly effective PR stunt, well, that certainly seems accurate. Uh, the GoFundMe campaign, run by a group calling themselves Woke Patriots, <laughs> was created on April 23rd, one day before Luther reopened her salon. I feel like I have a mind virus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm losing the ability to think mm-hmm. in a straight line. Like, what It's a very simple. Uh, you sort of softly plan your own arrest yes. for opening a hairdressing salon yep. 10 days earlier than you would be able to safely okay. do so. Sure, sure. yeah. Uh, right. And th- this will just sort of be a kind of a sideline sort of page three news story, such and such hairdresser takes a stand, whatever, right? Well, well actually, mm. hairdressing is, you know, like the single most crucial service in the world at the moment. So it probably is in, front page in Dallas, news. Texas to be... To be quite fair, I'm picturing a lady with just very large hair. It's the biggest beehive you've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, we researched her and her cause. Campaign organizer Rick Heyer wrote on the page and decided that she, we would approach her and offer to support her as our first patriot cause. She accepted our offer. <sighs> so this is a, a group of people who do this professionally, I guess. The yeah, only thing like this. Horrible Kickstarter people, but instead of um, kickstarting a startup that builds, um, uh, fucking, I don't know, uh, <laughs> the Juicero, <laughs> a laser that you can shine directly in your child's eye to make them not racist or something. <laughs> it's whatever this is. It's just like it's astroturfing, but without the. Um, subterfuge. So this is yes. good to me though because it's it's uh, the victims of this kind of grift are the people that most deserve to be victims of a grift, right? So I if guess, you can just yeah. attack oh, yeah. the dumbest people alive, these are the most likely people to donate to something so fucking it is, stupid. Yeah, they, I mean when you do look at it that way, they are just sort of moving money around from in between their bank accounts in sort of like a closed system <laughs> <laughs> that you don't really have to interact with. Like but, look, okay, so the problem is there are two wolves inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> one, one says that, <laughs> that literally now we're, we're staring down the barrel of hundreds of thousands of people dying. Literal hundreds of thousands of people, right? By the end of it, you look at, you look at where America is, where, where the, the line is continuing to to sit at i think it's it's really it's reached uh you know it's it's sort of um zenith of about thirty thousand cases per day right only because i feel that there's probably some upper limit on how quickly we can transmit this through the community right so there's there's this wolf uh inside of me and the other wolf inside of me unfortunately is is battling that with um seeing that it's these people that are likely to get sick and die as well, mm. and, and and you know the every time you see a news story about um, you know such and such uh, governor or or you know um, what are the 
the the the Pentecostal um, people that are like you know coronavirus can't touch me, I'm invincible, all that sort of stuff. So 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 it's this sort of ongoing battle with these news stories that you don't want to skite too much because obviously lots and lots and lots of people are going to going to die from mm. this and they don't deserve to die but also disproportionately these guys are gonna it's it's not something that you can kind of like trick and 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 the coronavirus won't kill them yeah right it's 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 bizarre behavior because the the problem is that as as this kind of pops up, it's going to be a very short turnaround time before um, a lot of these people get very sick mm. and and you know get probably not quite what you would say they're just desserts, but it's hard to imagine what they're doing is anything less than killing lots of people and themselves mostly and themselves yeah and themselves right so it's it's just a, a, a very hard. It's a very hard situation to really feel a thing about, a single thing about, right? Mm. It's like you have to feel all of it all at once. That this is just a, and, and this is where, like, I think you start to shut down your ability to actually process this information. That a fucking a a campaign by a group called Woke Patriots <laughs> has dedicated themselves fundraising what is going to be a pandemic. Yeah. Perhaps this is the next stage in the virus's evolution. <laughs> like like the virus from Pontypool, except this is transmitted through GoFundMe. <laughs> I wonder if they're taking a slice of this. They'd have like, to, what's right? Their... Well, no, no, absolutely. Why else would they be doing it? 100%. It is both a, a political and a financial grift. I mean, it, it's this is one of those things where... You can find yourself screaming to the void, being like, "Why aren't their beliefs consistent?" But like the whole idea of the right always being like, "Oh, it's bloody paid protesters," you know, they're getting all this money to hop on a bus or whatever. Yeah, Whereas, except when we do it like this. Yeah, this is fine. Apparently, is doing a protest knowing it's going to be a payday for you. Like it just, it's so fucking weird. And you know, these people are—they're uh, acting on the beliefs that they've ended up with, right? Like. How do you solve a problem where people are doing things because they don't trust any of the news sources that are telling them what is actually happening? What do you do? What do you do about that? Don't know. What do you do no about that? No fucking idea. <laughs> uh, Luther argued at a court hearing that she needed to open the salon for financial reasons. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. She said, so, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I'm not going to shut the salon. Uh, paying bills and keeping families fed are understandable concerns, but by the time Luther made her argument, the situation, for her at least, wasn't quite so dire. Two days earlier, she had been approved for a government loan under the Paycheck Protection Program, huh. a loan that can be forgiven in full if at least 75% of the money is used to pay employee salaries. Huh. The rest can go toward expenses like rent and utilities and still qualify for loan for f- forgiveness. And now, of course... While Luther is able to cut all the hair she wants out of the new order from Abbott, she's also $500,000 richer. Her neighbours, though, haven't been so lucky. The music store, Fiddle and Bow, which shares a courtyard with Salon a la mode, has been dealing with armed supporters of Luther's outside of her salon, waving Gadsden flags and carrying semi-automatic rifles and handguns. You cannot get into my shop without walking through the crowd of demonstrating people, said owner Rob Case. 
I'm not so much intimidated by the weapons. I've been around them my whole life. I'm really intimidated by the lack of social distancing. It's not safe out there. God. What a, what a life to have to try and lead. Mm. I cannot imagine just living this life in places like this with weapons, rifles, handguns. Must be it's so, bizarre. It's so weird how, like, the imagery of these people, like, when it's, you know, state capitol buildings with 20 guys with AR-15s in the lobby or whatever... That, like, it's not shocking anymore to see it, which I think is maybe the sign that we're heading for the post-apocalypse. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this was in a movie, you'd be like, oh, fuck, some shit's going down. What the fuck? And now you're just like, oh, it's the same it's shit again. Day. Yeah, this is same corny. Shit. Yeah. It's corny now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so like, imagine, strange. Imagine you're living in, like, the world of Fallout and a bunch of raiders kind of show up to your town. You're just like, oh, these fucking assholes with their leather jackets <laughs> <laughs> wankers and then you Wank- just ignore like them it's it's like totally lost its appeal now they're just like <laughs> we see them like like we see crust punks or whatever <laughs> uh, Luther told the observer that she believes demonstrators would leave if she asked them to but doing so would be hypocritical and violate the very principles that led her to reopen. <laughs> oh no, my petard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Case says that while he relates to Luther as a fellow business owner, he's concerned about reopening while customers would have to pass through a crowd of people to come in. I don't want my customers to all fall ill and make me sick and have my elderly family members drop dead because of it. He fucking hates this woman. Uh, you, you'd fucking <laughs> have to, right? Mm hmm. But at the same time, he doesn't want his shop um, blasted with a bazooka like uh, the start of Justified. Not the fiddle and bow. That would be a disaster. Shelley Luther's out of jail. Uh, The governor changed his order shortly after she protested in court. He's got more than half a million bucks in crowdfunded cash coming in. She's got a government loan coming away that she won't have to repay if she follows the rules. She's got to cut Ted Cruz's hair and a lot of people are calling her a hero pandemic may still be spreading across Texas. More than 7,000 people tested positive since Abbott began easing public safety measures a week ago. But all of this has worked out pretty well for the owner of Salon Alamode. Oh my gosh. Any country that calls this woman a hero is a failed state. 100%. This is not normal. Do you think Ted Cruz's body is compatible with the coronavirus? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, didn't he get coronavirus? Did he? Oh no, he he went into quarantine because he suspected he might have because of that yeah. that guy at um what CPAC. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, they are all going to get it. By the way, apparently uh, Ivanka Trump's assistant has it or something. Oh, I right saw now. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God, I can't. Just waiting for all that to go down. It's None be of the people where to. everyone was like, it "Wouldn't be the worst if they died of coronavirus." Have died. That's no. uh, a fucking horrible tragedy. Um, I'm trying to find out if Ted Cruz did actually get coronavirus or it's just that he had to isolate. I think he just isolated. Oh, yeah. boo. I think his sickness is probably just one of the soul. Yes. Definitely. End of his face. That's Definitely a gross looking man. And I don't, you know, not not to shame him based on his physical appearance. It's just bad. He's just got a bad face. Whatever he's doing with his facial expressions at all times just has an air of just like wormy leeriness. So he's one of the f- few men that somehow look much, much, much worse with a beard. Yeah, the beard does not 
adequately. It, it doesn't adhere to his face properly. <laughs> It's so bad to look at, and I can't really figure out what it is no. about it that's no, wrong. it's a well-trimmed beard. It's the right shape. Mm-hmm. It's in all of the place. It's not patchy. It's got some salt and pepper through it. And yet, all of these elements combine, uh, like, you know... Oh, oh, I'm, just, Actually, I'm looking I at one now, and he's looking right down the camera barrel, and I'm not enjoying this. I I think what it is, is that... The height that he cuts it at makes it sit quite boxily on his jaw. Hmm. Uh, like if he was trimming that line a little bit further down towards the bottom of the jawbone, might look a little bit better. But it just sort of like pointily protrudes off his face in a very strange way. Uh, strange looking man. I don't like it. Um. I don't have a segment for this one. Uh, this is just a, a, an update on someone whose work we've covered before on the podcast. So this is uh, a woman named Renee Valaris, who was the political editor for the Courier Mail up until quite recently. So we did one of her articles uh, back in episode 114, which was the uh, millennial greed and entitlement knows no limit one. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, this article may be probably the most aggravating article we ever read on the show. It was not good. It's a pretty bad one. Uh, and it, it was pretty indicative of her writing in general. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the Courier Mail, it's one of our tabloid newspapers. Uh, it's Queensland's tabloid newspaper from News Corp. Yeah, but also Queensland being what it is, we don't really have a real newspaper. So mm-hmm. it's also the serious newspaper. Yes. Uh, but they're, they're very nakedly a, a right-wing newspaper. They're, the fucking standard of their writing is fucking horrible. Uh, she was particularly bad. Uh, I've got a couple examples here of when she's been pulled up. So this is from The Guardian uh, from a year or so ago. Uh the Courier Mail published a front-page story by its political editor, Renee Valaris, on 9th November, saying judges were dramatically reducing the fines of anti-Adani activists. Uh, judges are overruling the decisions of regional mas- magistrates, arguing the sentences are excessive or reducing fines because protesters are on welfare, despite some owing thou- owning thousands in assets, the report said. An accompanying editorial argued that Queensland judiciary had a, quote, leftist agenda. Uh, there is often community criticism that the judiciary in Queensland is run by, for the most part, judges and magistrates who impose sentences and penalties that are out of kilter with community expectations, the editorial said. But the Judicial Conference said the appeal judges had found that the magistrate had erred in imposing the same fine on each of the offenders regardless of relevant differences in their ages, antecedents, and personal and financial circumstances. Judge Linham agreed with many aspects of the original magistrate's approach, including his characterization of the offences as objectively serious and inherently dangerous. As Judge Linham explained in his reasons, imposing the same fine on people with different capacities to pay may result in some offenders being punished more severely than others for the same offence. If the author of the editorial disagrees with this, he should take it up with Parliament, not the judicial officer who is obliged to apply the law as it exists. So they love doing beat-ups like this. They know that a lot of people that read the Courier Mail fucking hate you know, greenies and activists and whatever. Uh, she's also taken quite a strong line against uh, refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, she got pipped by Media Watch, uh, where she wrote a story about how living on Manus Island as a someone being indefinitely detained for seeking asylum uh, was the same as going on a tropical holiday. The headline for the article is Activists to Relaxtivists. 
Sounds like a great lady. Yeah, so she's a real fucking piece of shit. Uh, A real piece of work. The journalism she does is fucking awful, but it's okay. uh, Because she's now no longer doing that. Uh, She has moved to become a strategic media advisor for the Australian Federal Police. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) And sorry, and the change... Sorry, what... What changed? Hey, there hey. he is. Uh, but that's Ooh. that's how you know you've got like a nice, healthy adversarial relationship with power, right? When you immediately hop from uh, being a political editor to just doing spin uh, for the cops. It's pretty bad when your cops need spin. Ideally, I've got one to follow up on this. By the way, they the, should need after this article. So oh, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, Kind of interesting to me that she would take this job, given that uh, she herself has been subject to an AFP investigation for leaking classified material. Uh, So this is from a letter from the Department of Home Affairs that someone managed to get from a Freedom of Information Act. Uh, The department has identified an article in the Courier-Mail published on 9th March 2019, written by Miss Renee Valaris, federal political editor, titled, Tie Paying Through the Nose for Meditourist which contains classified material. Uh, this fucking this was about how we're spending all our taxpayer tie- dollars just to take people to hospital. Tie-paying? Tie-paying? paying through the nose. Tie-paying through the nose. Terrible. Not even good. That, uh, sh- that sucks. Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> it sure <laughs> does. Uh, in particular, the department is concerned that the material referenced in paragraph three of the article makes reference to information that has only had limited dissemination with accompanying advice of its classified nature. Uh, the email, which had been identified as the potential source for this article, was sent with the subject, request re-cost of charter to Taiwan for medical treatment, to a limited audience, and had a dissemination limiting marker for official use only. The Secretary of the Department of Home Affairs had requested this matter be referred to the Australian Federal Police. So she uh, has been investigated herself by the AFP. Uh, I found a clip of her talking on uh, Sky News to Chris Kenny after Annika Smethos got raided by the AFP. Where she was like, oh, we should probably have an inquiry into it. But sometimes it's good that we have classified stuff. You know, it's probably for a good reason. <laughs> it's nice to have secrets. <laughs> it's just, it's great that we have these people that, you know, this is one of the country's major newspapers. The political editor should be the person they're doing the most to sort of hold the government to account. Uh, and they're not. They're just sucking them off and then going to work for them. So that's real fucking cool. It's, it's always fun to, to look at where... Um. Yeah, we where people go to after like a quote unquote retirement or or whatever, like it, and just how much it speaks to the kinds of people that they were talking to during that job, uh, and the relationship, uh, with them that they had. Yes, it's yeah. fucking. Yeah, it's a dead giveaway. I mean, it's obviously this sort of relationship works both ways. And look at Chris Kenny as an example. You know, he was an advisor to the Howard government, right? Uh. I believe, and now he's working as a political journalist where obviously he fucking never holds the Liberals up for anything. Uh, yeah, it's just... It's and on, on that note, um, so a little while ago, so this is probably a week and a half ago, um, the MP for Eden Monaro, uh, the Labour MP, Mike Kelly, who has um, probably the, the direst case of Sergeant's moustache I've ever seen... <laughs> Um, so he he tearfully resigned um, from his seat 
due to, uh, he says, I don't believe I can continue to do the job to the extent uh, and with the commitment and the physical demand that I would want to. I'd feel like I was letting the community down if I wasn't able to put that uh, commitment in. Uh, So he's um, a former army colonel um, who has gotten a whole bunch of health issues um, due to his... um, or what they think severe dehydration in you know during his military tours in Iraq, Somalia, East Timor, etc. So uh, went became a Labor MP, has retired tearfully um, because of health concerns. Um, and so you would think that's it. Um, this was April the thirtieth. It's now March tenth, uh, and wouldn't you know he's just taken a job with uh, Peter Teal's uh, Peter Teal's company Palantir. Oh, yeah. awesome! Um, cool. Who operate? I think um, a SaaS. They're, they're a SaaS company. Spooks as a service. Um, no, nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like the most. <laughs> hey, look! I'm sure someone listened to this. Fucking someone loved out there that. loved that so much. Having a little chuckle there. Like, oh, I work in IT. <laughs> That's my personality. I, I um, love computer. Yeah, like has not waited a, a single moment before jumping on a, a company that is potentially so evil that we don't really know what they do all of the time except just sell data to the CIA and the NSA and uh, just a, a bizarre pipeline. I mean, I think we joke about... Um, uh, Labour MPs becoming imme- like immediately jumping in bed with, uh, you know, mines and banks and and what have you as as chief strategists. Uh, but I think this takes the cake, and it's a it's a good thing to think about that um, they knew within like eleven days that they could hire this guy, get him on board. Even with all of his kidney problems, etc., he's uh, still able to to uh, roll up and do whatever he needs to do at um, Palantir. It's good for him. Well, you know, it's easy for us to judge, uh, but they're probably paying him a whole lot of money. So, did you consider that? No, I I forgot. I forgot that um, he would also he would be getting a pension, uh, but also a whole lot of money from the new job that he just started. Oh, that's right. Be a twofer. That's nice. <sighs> All right, so, well, um, maybe that's that's our crime pass for the week. Um, if you have, you know, worked in politics or in journalism ostensibly to to further the lives of people and to hold power to account. Uh, Instead, you can give up all those principles by using any insider knowledge you gained uh, to help people that fucking suck. Yeah. Mm. So feel free to do that. Not sure yeah, if that's I mean, a look, crime, necessarily. There's never... Um, well... <laughs> should be. Should be. But there's yeah. never been a better time to quit your job as an MP and go and work for Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Blackwater has uh, now changed their name five times since they were called Blackwater. Uh-huh. I'm sure they're now something like Cuddle Tech. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they got... Uh, too bad a review on Glassdoor. <laughs> <laughs> One star shot a lot of civilians. <laughs> Just a lot. 
Well, I think that's about it for today. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we're still giving out our bonus episodes for free because that's the sort of lovely people that we are. Uh, you can still, if you want that free stuff for money, uh, subscribe and support the show. Patreon.com slash Vista. Five US bucks a month uh, gets you a few ex- exclusives and access to the Discord, uh, where a lot of people talk about a lot of stuff all day. I mostly post food pics in there. I only really... I'm active in the food Discord, and that's the about it. The food one is probably that's the best one, favorite. I think. Theo, you love that food Discord as well. You're in there. Oh, I love I love seeing and posting photos of food. It's the dream. Uh, all mm-hmm. that can be yours. Five US bucks a month. That Support URL I just listed before. Our yeah, please. Our grift is the good one. Uh, yep. We're very hardworking. Uh Thousands of hours behind making a podcast. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even think it. You wouldn't even <laughs> suspect it. You'd say, this takes maybe three hours max uh, labor to whip together a week. And you would be wrong, definitely. All right. Bye.